What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, it continues to be an interesting year, doesn't it? This year just does not let us down. Everybody's like, 2020, going to see things, perfect vision. Yeah, no way. We have no idea what's going on sometimes. And, you know, it's interesting. This whole last week, obviously, a lot of focus has been on the election. And, and man, wherever you're at with the, with the election, you know, just know for us as a church, as the church leadership, as the pastors of the church, we just are so glad that we trust in the Lord. We trust in him and who he is, regardless of where you are. We honor the Lord and who he is. We pray for our nation. Continue to pray for our nation, our leaders, local, statewide, national. Like that does not change who we are. So I hope that you feel that. I hope that you're passionate about our nation and that God will continue to pour out his spirit on us. Uh, that's, that's what I long for, continue to desire. And so I know for me as a leader, I answer to Jesus. I believe that the, the leaders of nations answer to our Lord as well. So I serve the Lord. I serve the top dog uh, in the house and, and, and over the world and the universe. And so I'm just so glad. You know, regardless of the circumstances, where you're at, whether you're happy or sad or frustrated or, 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 or joyful, it doesn't matter because in our circumstances, we always need to recognize that God is in control. He is our leader, and we're, we're passionate as a church about him more than ever before. And so uh, today, I'm going to be preaching a message called Stand Firm, and I'm going to be preaching out of Daniel chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible on your mobile device or your phone, you can open up your Bible app. Daniel chapter 3, go ahead and turn there and get ready. Uh, I'm going to bring it this morning. Uh, I'm going to bring God's word in a powerful way uh, because we have a reason to stand. We absolutely have a reason to stand firm because we serve a God that is powerful. He is strong. He's worthy. And so you may be in some trying circumstances right now. Uh, you, you might be in a struggle right now in your life, uh, or it's possible that you're heading towards one. That's what's hard for us, where we might not be in one right now. Things might be going great, but we, what's coming down the road, we can't see sometimes. And so we might be facing one. And you might be facing a challenge like this. I have some pictures that I want to share with you. Maybe you decide to cook your pizza in the oven. Instead of using a cookie sheet, you use a cutting board to put it inside of the oven. And there you go. It looks like, looks like somebody coated that oven full of marshmallow. Like That's a trying circumstance. What do you do? You put that oven by the street, don't you? And you get a new one. I, like I, or maybe you have this happen. Maybe, I know a lot of us have pets and dogs, and maybe you're watering your grass, and the dog decides to bring the sprinkler inside to water the, water the living room, you know, the floor and the, and, the, and the carpet and the couch and the ceiling and chase the water around. So I don't know if that's happened to you. That's a trying circumstance, is it? Or maybe you have this. No, you don't have that, do you? You don't have that. That's not us here in Florida, right? You forget to put the top down in to Florida, but it might rain. But that's so, that's reality, isn't it? We do silly things. We do dumb things. We're in the middle of circumstances, and we may experience ups and downs. And those are funny, and we laugh about them. But please understand, I know some of you right now, you're in a, you're in a difficult time. You are. Maybe you're, you're, you're in the middle of a relationship and you're wondering where it's going. You're wondering where God is. You know, how are, how are we going to work through this? How, how is this going to be resolved? Uh, maybe you're struggling at work. Uh, that's just reality for, for people who are owners or bosses or managers or directors or you're working in an environment and, and you're not sure what to do and, and it's tough and it's challenging. Maybe it's your coworkers that you work with. And, I, and we get that. We all struggle sometimes with funny things and, and, and mishaps, but then we also have some trying struggles that, that really grieve our heart and bring us down. And so regardless, we can trust in God. And so sometimes we just need to understand we're trying to figure out 
why things aren't getting better. Isn't that true? I don't know about you. I know that's for me. And I want to share a verse. Before I get into Daniel 3, I want to share this verse. Uh, this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. It says, these trials that you're in right now, they will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus is revealed to the whole world. So our trials reveal our faith. So let's bow our heads right now and let's pray and ask the Lord uh, to come. And so, Father, right now, we just we acknowledge your word. We acknowledge your scripture. We thank you for this verse in Peter. We thank you for Daniel 3 that we're going to dive into. And, Lord, I ask that you would speak, Lord, that you would communicate uh, through your scripture and, and, and your heart for us, your passion, Lord, that we would hear your voice. Lord, I, I welcome the Holy Spirit in this place, Lord, in the video. For those that are watching online, Lord, we just receive your Holy Spirit right now. Uh, we don't want to look to human reasoning or human thoughts or what we think or decide. God, we want your will. We want your voice. And we ask that you would communicate to us, that you would bring your grace and your peace in the midst of our circumstances and the trouble that we're in. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me just ask you a couple of questions, you know, talking about trials and struggles and circumstances. You know, when you're in the midst of a struggle, you know, something difficult, do you blame God uh, when you're in that? I know I do. I, I do all the time. I'm like, God, what's the deal? Like, come on, are you kidding me? Why do I have to go through this? Or, or I at least wonder why it's happening. You know, maybe you do as well. We're in the, like, it's just a battle. It's a struggle. We feel like we're going nowhere. We have no traction. God, what, why in the world am I going through this? You know, recently, my, my, one of my younger brothers and his wife had their first child, and, and the labor and delivery was difficult and challenging, and it reminded me of our first child. You know, our oldest is 18 uh, now, so 18 years ago, Nicole's labor and delivery took like four weeks. Uh, it just, it was forever. Uh, it was long, it was difficult, it was challenging, and we were like begging God, what in the world, why this, like you created life, you created this, you designed this, and why is this so hard? It should not be this, and it was, it was like, oh my gosh, I was like half involved, I guess you could say, and so I'm watching, and like it's torture, I'm watching torture take place, like I'm, and I'm going, this, like, this can't be right. God, why don't you come? And so regardless of what's going on, like when we're going through a struggle, we all question God. We do. We, we blame him. We wonder, what's the deal? And, and so I just want to share with you that standing firm in our faith in the midst of those struggles is paramount. Standing firm in our faith in the midst of those trials is extremely important because in Daniel chapter 3, let me give you some background of this passage of scripture, this chapter. So you, in, you have three young men that are basically facing an incinerator. Uh, you, you, you think that your situation, you know, when you, when you burn the pizza in the oven is bad or, you know, these guys are, are, are facing, you know, a, a, a furnace to, to kill them. And so King Nebuchadnezzar at this time was the ruler over Babylon and, and he was known as very evil, extremely prideful. Man, he ruled a, a lot of area, a lot, a, a lot of the, the Middle East. And so what he did is he came up with this great idea to build a 90-foot statue made of gold. So he was extremely rich, extremely wealthy, had dominated that whole area because he had even dominated uh, in, in Israel. Israel was invaded and, and, and taken captive. And so the Israelites are in, in Hebrews, they're enslaved in Babylon. And so because of that, they're forced 
to change. Change and leave their old ways, leave their old culture, adopt all the Babylonian culture, the Middle Eastern culture and beliefs. And so extremely trying circumstances, no doubt, that these three young men are in. So let's take a look at Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 4. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and language, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And so when the orchestra plays the pagan worship music, that's what's happening. Like if you put yourself in that scenario, they're playing pagan worship music, everyone is to bow down. And so the band strikes up, but three men, three young men, do not bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the reason this is happening and taking place is obviously because of their faith, but it is, it is noted because you're talking about thousands, potentially thousands of people that are there that are part of this pagan worship service. But so if you back up a little bit and understand why they would be pointed out is because in the previous chapter, they were actually promoted. They were doing really well. They were wise and young, and they were learning, and so they were promoted. So their colleagues that were Babylonian, they were actually jealous and upset. So when they did something wrong, they pointed it out, and they recognized that. Probably some type, a similar scenario that many of you have been through. In, in work, where you're trying to do things right, walking in character and integrity, and, and it's like your colleagues aren't working with you on a project. They're trying to find how they can remove you or take your job or take your spot or, or get you out, and, and that's a challenge. What a struggle. And so these, these other people, they tell the king, they're like, hey, these three guys won't bow down to your idol. The king gets mad. He gets upset. He confronts them, probably demeans them, uh, just, just violently and, and verbally abusing them, but he does give them one more chance which is interesting. <laughs> but then you have Daniel 3, then you move up to chapter 16. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. What a bold statement for a young man to make to a king. And so that's where we have our first point that I want to share with you, is that faith obeys God, not men. That's powerful. Well, I hope that you can grab a hold of that, because these young men, they didn't need to pray about it. They didn't need to post on social media, what should I do? Like, in your opinion, I need some help, like, give me some advice. No, no, no. They knew that they were not going to disobey the second commandment that God had established no matter what the cost. I mean, it would have been easier for them to rationalize and compromise, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Put yourself in that scenario, that thinking just where many of us would rationalize, and we would go, oh, I'll just bow down. I won't worship, I'll just pretend, I won't say anything, I won't do anything, I'll just be like, whatever, and, and then like God, God will forgive me, I'll do that, and God, God will, 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 he understands, and I mean, if I don't, or if I, if I don't bow down, I'm, I'm going to get punished, I'm going to get thrown in this furnace, and we don't want that, I mean, right, I have a family, I have kids, I have a mom who loves me and cares about me, like I, 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 I could get killed, like God, you don't want me to get killed, right, I mean, you, you want to do things through me, so I need to be alive in order for that to happen. So I'll just compromise, God. It'll be okay. One of the things that I love about this passage is these three young men have, they have predecided 
that they were not going to worship. And here's why we know that. It's a 90-foot statue. That did not get built in one afternoon. It did not. So the statue took an extended period of time. They knew what was going to happen because they were leaders. and They were rising up. They were getting promoted. They knew the plans and what was happening and what was going to take place. They saw the band and the orchestra get all together, and they knew why. And they also knew that they were not going to bow down. That just, oh, wow. Like they were so resolute. They knew they were passionate. They're faithful. They were willing to stand. So if you want to follow after God, like the devil is going to do all that he can to stop you, to prevent you, to trip you up, to trick you, to deceive you, to destroy you. I mean, when you look at the devil and who he was, he was an angel of light. Lucifer as an angel of light. So he knows what light looks like. He was a part of that before, but now he's known as the prince of darkness, cast down to hell itself. And so he wants us to compromise. He wants us to cower in fear. He wants us to fall into temptation. He wants our biblical standards to be pushed aside and us to allow ourselves to make decisions based on what we think is right and then ask for forgiveness later. Because when you look at our lives, uh, temptations come from all different directions. Like, I, I don't care what your age is, what gender you are. It, it doesn't matter what your relationship status Like, it does not matter. Temptation constantly comes from all different directions. So let me just kind of speak to men. Like for, for us as men, you know, one of the things that's just factual about us is men are stimulated visually. And so when you see images or pornography or, or pictures, like, you know, it's easy to just say, well, it's not a big deal. It's not really hurting anyone else. It's just kind of me. And no, I don't have to tell anybody about it. Like it's easy in those circumstances to compromise. And for, for ladies, one of the things that it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a generalization, but sometimes, you know, ladies like to talk about others. And, and, and so sometimes you find yourself talking negatively about other people behind their back. And so, well, you know, it's not, it'll be okay. Or maybe it's a business example where in your business, it's easy to manipulate the numbers a little bit, isn't it? You know, you move the decimal point a little or you make things look better than what they really are. So the contract actually is, benefits you, or there's some hidden fees in that really small font that size one font down at the bottom, and nobody really reads that, and you know it. So you put it in there, and, and you justify it. And so let me ask you, I give those couple of examples. Maybe those don't relate to you, but I'll tell you what, there probably is one. There probably is a temptation that you're facing right now. What is it? Because the enemy is coming after you in that particular area to create distance between you and God. And so I would say to you, faith obeys God, not men. And certainly we need to desire righteousness and following after God's path. And so you have these three young men. And they say to the king, we don't need to defend ourselves to you. And that's where we come up with our second point. It's that faith believes in spite of of what it sees. Because in verse 17, they say, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. And so God is able. He absolutely is able. The diagnosis that you've gotten, God is able to heal you and he's able to restore you. You need to be praying and believing that God can do that and, and, and trusting in him because he's the one that can. If you have a low balance, 
in your, in your checking account right now and you're wondering how you're going to make it and what you're going to do, one, you probably need to sell the Sea-Doo first because that's an expense that you don't need to have. But then you, and you limit some, some frivolous spending. But then you believe in God and who he is as provider, that he meets our needs. Our trust is in him. But the problem is we, we like that in our head and it makes sense. To have it translate over into our life is just a different thing because we have so much doubt. We've been through so many circumstances, and it's just a struggle to, to bolster our faith so we don't believe, and so we put some boundaries on God. We put the same type of boundaries on God that we have in our lives. And so we just we want to believe, but our belief only goes so far doesn't it? If it gets beyond that, it's just a stretch and a challenge. And so that's why our faith is put in the Lord, because he is not limited in, in any way. And so we shouldn't doubt in him. We need to believe and trust in him. I read a, a story one time. Uh, it just kind of gripped me. You know how you're reading stuff and you're like, wow, it just, it must have taken a lot. Uh, and it's actually, it's about uh, a young Mormon girl. Uh, she, she was, you know, grew up in Utah, uh, was actually at, at the, in, she grew up in Salt Lake, and she was at the University of Utah, and um, she encountered some Christians, uh, so, uh, amazed, like, right, come on, like, praise God for the Christians that are willing to walk into a university that is predominantly a different uh, religion and, and be a light in that area. That's a challenge. Many of you are that light where you are in your life, in your workplace, and so here these young people are praying for this young lady that she would experience the Lord. And so they pray to her, they talk with her, they develop a relationship with her. She you know, gets to know them as people. And, you know, and, and, and so then the, the reason this story is written, because now she's 35 years old. She experienced the Lord, changed from Mormonism to, to following after Christ passionately and tells her story about the, the conversion. And so now she prays for her family, which is awesome, right? You're, you, but none of her family have converted. And so what happens to her? It's like she's pushed out. She's ostracized. So she continues to pray and believe for her parents, for her siblings. That's challenging. That's, that's difficult. And so what do we do if God doesn't do what we're hoping he does? You know, this young lady's praying for her, her, for her family. You know, her parents are like, oh, my gosh, we've had it so wrong for so long. But they don't change. What do we do in those type of circumstances? What, what happens when we're praying for healing and asking for God to restore us, but we don't get better, or the person we're praying for doesn't get better, get better or even they end up passing away? What, what do we do then? Where's our faith then? Are you praying for your rebellious child who, who, who is deviating from the path, deviating from the Lord, and you're begging, you're like, God, please rescue them, bring them back. And it just seems like the more you pray, the farther and the faster they run away from God. What do we do in those moments? Maybe you're begging God for your business. There have been a lot of businesses struggling, and we get that, and we understand it's such a challenge. And you're praying for God to do something awesome and amazing, and it doesn't happen. And you have to close. What do you do then? Here's what we do. Number three, the faithful obedience is our responsibility. But the outcome is God's. And I know that's a really long point, but I hope that you can remember this one. The faithful, the faithful obedience is ours, 
But the outcome is God's. That's what makes him God. And so back to the conversation with the three young men and the king. In verse 18, this is what they say. God can rescue us. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Even if he doesn't, we will not do this. This is so important. This is vital for us to understand because our job is the faithfulness regardless of what the cost is, regardless of the outcome, because God is able to do the supernatural. Maybe you've seen the supernatural in your life before, but our righteousness does not force him to do our will. We think it does. We think it earns us something, some type of credit, some type of you know, opportunity. They're like, well, God, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this for you, so then you must. No, no, no. That's not how this works. These three young men are facing being cooked alive, and they have faith that is so unwavering because they have this intimacy, they have this closeness with the Lord, they know his goodness, they've seen his power, and they're willing to be faithful. And so because of the rebellion of these three young men against the leadership and against the king, he orders the furnace to be turned up uh, seven times hotter, so throwing more wood on the fire to, to cook people faster. And, and so he has soldiers tie them up and to throw them in the fire. And this just blows me away how God shows up. In verse 24, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a god. And so God will show us his power throughout our entire life. But we will experience the presence of our Savior the most when we're in the middle of the fire. And I'll tell you what, like as I was praying through this and Forgive me, it chokes me up a little bit because I was praying for you. There's some of you that you needed to hear that. You are right in the middle of the fire. And I grieve with you. And I know it hurts and there's pain. But that's when you experience the Lord the most. Lean in. Don't draw away. Don't run away. Don't doubt. It's, I get it. It's so hard because we look at our circumstances. But we have to see beyond that. Because the three went in there, and something supernatural, beyond like our comprehension, I get it. Like if, if you're not following Christ, or you have doubts about the Bible, and you, like you, you look at this and you go, like there's no way, that's not real. Exactly. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It's miraculous. Many Bible scholars believe that this is a, a literal appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament because Jesus is before and he's at the end. He's all and he's eternal. He, he has existed. So this is a, a, the, the appearance of Christ in the, in the Old Testament. And so they're not burned. They're not consumed by fire. But something was. Something was burned in the fire. They went into the furnace with their hands bound, right? They were tied up and they were thrown in there. And Nebuchadnezzar recognizes, wow, they're in there walking around. There's four of them and they're unbound. He notices that. And so th they're not tied up anymore. 
Some of you are begging for the Lord to relieve you of the struggle, the, 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 what's binding you down, what's holding you back. And, and, and so I just want to share with you, the very thing that you're begging for God to remove is going to be the same mechanism by which he shows his miraculous power. So you feel like oppressed and down, you know, like, God, you've got to get rid of this. But through that thing, God does the miraculous and the amazing. So we feel bondage, but God wants to show his glory. So don't minimize the presence of God in the midst of your hurt and pain, where you want God to just relieve you of it, but he's like, no, 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 I'm going to show myself through it. Because in verse 28, it continues in this chapter. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. And so when the world looks on to you and I, and we stand firm in our faith, they will give glory to God. They will acknowledge the God, our Jesus, the Holy Spirit, how he works. And so the, the reason that this is a challenge is because we get so focused on the physical. When we read these verses, what do we focus on? We're like, wow, that gold statue. Are you kidding me? How much is it, was it worth? Like $2 trillion, $8 trillion? Like we, we think, oh, you know, we, we think about the gold. We think about the fire. We think about the furnace. We, oh, wow, how, how hot was it? That's, that's amazing. Like, that's incredible. How did they do that? But here's the deal. We look at the physical, but God is way more interested in the supernatural and the spiritual God sees like spiritual things. So you and I, we see our physical body, but God sees us as a spirit in who we are. I mean, think about the Hebrews, the ones that bowed down, right? Because it says there's only three that don't in this pagan worship services, service. And so what about the other Hebrews that are like, oh man, should I have stood up too? What about them? Whoa, look how God showed up. I bet they were changed that day. I guarantee where their, their faith was kind of wavering and they were willing to compromise, I bet they got bolstered a little bit by seeing what God did in these others. And what about the other Middle Eastern people? If they're, if the, the ones that were, were part of the pagan worship, right? I bet, I almost guarantee that some of them put their faith in the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego that day. Can you see the spiritual can, can, can you see? Because we look at the fire and the gold, but, but God's like, watch this. Watch me show my glory. Watch my presence. Watch how these people's lives are now changed as a result of what I do. And so here's what I want to encourage you, encourage you with. I want to challenge you to do what other people might not do. Other people may bow down, but I want you to stand firm. So maybe what that is is you stand. You stand with your spouse. Like in Ecclesiastes 4 where it says stand back to back. When others may walk away from their spouse in your situation, you stand firm. You stand with them. You stand side by side. Maybe you say, wow, you know, other people are doing this. They're buying this. They're, they're purchasing this things, those things. Maybe you decide to, to deny some worldly pleasures and some worldly purchases to honor God through generosity and blessing others and, and giving and, and meeting needs in the community. Maybe instead of running your business the way that most people do in, in that industry, you decide, no, 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 we're going to run this a little bit different with some biblical principles and godly standards. Others may chastise us, they may point, 
and make fun happens all the time. To close a restaurant on a Sunday is insane. And they're doing all right. I mean, faithful obedience is our responsibility. And we praise God regardless of the result. Stand firm in the fire. And so I hope that God is grabbing you. I hope that the Holy Spirit's moving on your heart wherever you are, whatever circumstance you're in. And so the, the best way that I feel like we can together take this to stand firm is to take communion together. Like here at Grace Church, we invite you to take communion as long as you uh, believe that Jesus is God's son and you have him as your Lord and Savior. And so we have the elements on the side of you. If you don't have elements, if you want to slip your hands up, the, the ushers would be happy to serve you uh, the communion elements. And if you're watching this online, wherever you are, you can grab some communion elements. Uh, and, and so we're going to pray for them because here's the deal. You know, when we read this example in Daniel 3 about three young men that stand firm in their faith and, and Jesus shows up in the middle of the fire, man, I, I just, it takes me to the New Testament as well, you know, to the end of the Gospels when Jesus was with his disciples. They, they had celebrated the, the, the Passover, the, la, the Last Supper is what we often call it, right? But it's the Passover meal that they're enjoying together. And Jesus changes things a little bit, doesn't he? And here's why this is lining up so well. Jesus was getting ready to walk in the fire also. He was literally walking to his death the very next morning, laying his life down with crucifixion for you and I so that we could know him, so that our faith would be in him. We'd be able to stand firm. Jesus walks into the fire not only in Daniel 3, but he walked into the fire when he carried the cross and was nailed to it. And he was willing to do it. I hope that this is challenging for you. I hope this is encouraging for you. I hope that as part of this communion for that you and I now take together, like I'll pray for the elements and, and for us. And, but man, I hope that this is more significant than maybe any other communion that you've taken before. This one that this would just cause you to be so resolute in who God is and who your Savior is that you would experience the spiritual and the supernatural like never before. Stand firm. Let's pray together. Lord God, we come before you. And Father, we, just, we delight in your presence. We delight in your spirit. Thank you so much for your word and your anointing. And your oh, God, you, just, you blow us away sometimes when you show up in a powerful way. So, Lord, as we take communion together, God, I realize, you know, that this is a wafer and some grape juice. But, Lord, it's so much more than that. Jesus, thank you for, for showing us the example of what it is, that it's your body. It's your blood. It's your body that you lay down as a sacrifice for all humanity. Lord, it's your blood that you shed and spilled out so that we could have forgiveness and cleansing. So, Lord God, right now, we just we acknowledge what it costs you for us to partake together. Jesus, it cost you your life. We appreciate that so much. We do not take this flippantly. But Lord, we also acknowledge that your blood spilled. And so God, right now, we just ask that you would forgive us. Jesus, would you cleanse our sins? Uh, we acknowledge we are sinful. Lord, we struggle. We've, we fall into temptation. We have doubt. God, help grow our faith. Lord, that you would pour out your spirit on us, that we'd experience the supernatural. But right now we deal with our sin. Lord, we just, we just thank you so much that you cleanse us. You 
wash us clean with your blood. That's amazing. So we delight in you and who you are. And Father, I want to pray just a special blessing on those that are here listening, that are in the fire right now. You don't know what's going to happen, but God, I pray that you would move in a powerful way. Would you speak, Lord, would, through your Holy Spirit, would you give wisdom, would you give discernment? Right now, Lord, as people are seeking you regarding relationships and job and finances and, and work, God, Lord, I pray right now that you would communicate. Now, we don't look to, to human reasoning, but we lift our eyes and our ears and our hearts towards you. Would you speak? 